Okay, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, goofballs, scumbags, geezers, and everyone else in between. Ooh, y'all know what time it is, and so do I. Y'all must have forgot because it's been a little while, but that's okay. This is the Football Misfits, home of the Football Misfits, episode 159. Look at that. I am your host with the most. Me, aka Paper Fronto, aka Mauregi's Black Bottom, aka Buck Nasty, aka the Giza. Is that Spurs fan? Yeah, not today. Not today. Neither here nor there. And of course, y'all, if you guys did forget, this cannot be the football misfits without, without the man with misfits in his name. The one, the only, the man who gets it done. He's gotten it done and he will continue to get it done. You've seen him everywhere, and so have I. You know him as many things, maybe. I know him as one thing specifically, and that is Ronnie. Ronnie, say what's good for the one time. You also know me as one other thing in December, by the way. I'm going to just throw that out there. Stay strong, be brave, everybody. Hope you've been having a good time. Uh, when you talk about misfits, you got to talk about the man with the data, the numbers, the Googles, the facts, the money as well. Neither here nor there. You know him as many things. Among them, Spencer Tino Perez, Spencer Povich, the Spencyclopedia Britannica. Big Spencer at the Data Desk is here as well tonight. Spencer, say what's good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love. Peace and love. Funding the Inter-Miami preseason tour of Asia. Let's go. Boom. Pow. Uh, all out of pocket. That's neither here nor there again. And speaking about neither here nor there, this man is here, there, and everywhere. And of course, sometimes he's on the Football Misfits. A few times, uh, to be exact, he should have a five, six, seven timers jacket. He's been around on the gram. He's around making the tunes, bruv. He's another geezer. <laughs> he is known as the one, the only H-Man Coker, the creator of the uh, intro theme, of course. H-Man Coker, say what's good for the one time. Hey, 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 what's good? What's good? Peace and love. <laughs> I'm being Spencer. <laughs> back, back at it with the one, the only. Always, you know? I feel like it's always a special time when H-Man's on the pod. I feel like the energy's always up. He's always got some jokes. And specifically, he's always got some jabs for Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spencer. Spencer's my brother, man. I love that guy. <laughs> Would you agree that Spencer's rich? Because I also heard that as well. I'm not sure that's true, allegedly. So sure. first on the docket, yeah. let's talk about sports. Side note, side note. Word around town is Spencer drives a Porsche. <laughs> Bougie ass. That's crazy. Uh, which Spencer? Because not this Spencer. <laughs> he said some Spencer. I don't want to see your last name, man. I'm sorry. I do know it, man. <laughs> nope, nope. We'll just bleep it out. Nope. We're just bleeping yeah. stuff out. Bourgeoisie bloke. Spence, Spence. Uh, anywho, um, <laughs> I, sh- I should probably ask you guys before we get too derailed. Uh, it's been a, it's been a minute. We've been the uh, absentee misfits, but we are back, better than ever, stronger than ever, uh, with uh, H Man Coker here. Uh, where would you guys like to begin things? Where shall we uh, start? In a perfect world, we start with all that we missed since the last time we potted. That includes whoever else qualified for the Euro the Euro draw, the Italy's group of death, and then Belgium's group of dread, the Copa America draw, some women's football in the mix, some more club football in the mix. Some everything. But to save all the time, 
let's just uh, begin with the conclusion of the Champions League group stage. And funny enough, you know, last time I checked, the alphabet started with the letter A. And that's usually the first group, Group A. Funnier than that, that group features Manchester United, who got bounced out of Europe altogether. Fourth place finish. And even funnier than all of that, notable uh, Man United fan, H-Man Coker, is joining us to talk about it. Oh, that is unbelievable how the timing works, don't you think? Wow. What a time to be Terrible life. way to come in. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible way to come in. I just wish I, I could disappear right now. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like I saw it, uh, some guy on Instagram uh, was talking about it, some African guy that was saying, Manchester United always starts well. And then the last minute, there would still be a team that was calling you. I learned about a lot of teams through this um, <laughs> league that I did not know. They beat Manchester United. And I was like, wow, let me learn about this players. <laughs> I did not know this. I'm going to be real. I did not even know these teams. And then, like, Manchester United is letting them, like, it was, yeah. I, I Like I told Ronnie, I only think there's only four players in Manchester United. And, you know, I always rock with Ganacho, but it's a terrible time right now. Um, for all Man United fans out there, I know. Stay strong. Stay strong. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be the guy tonight to try and shoot United a little bit of bail, despite them finishing fourth. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be ugly. But I don't want to die on this hill, but I do want to give United a little bit of uh, grace, if you will, because they didn't, they didn't play the worst in this group stage. Things just – didn't work out for them. Obviously, we know they have a lot of injuries. This Statistically, season. they did. And, and, and yes, so I guess you look at everybody's pointing out that they conceded 15 goals in the group stage alone, which is insanity. Um, but they also had the joint most goals scored with Bayern Munich. They had 12 goals scored. And if you watch you know, all their games, it seems like, like H-Man said, they were in it in a lot of the games. It's just like the collapsing that continued to happen again and again. And I don't want to, you know, point that all to, to injuries. We know that United has been a dumpster fire this season. And Eric Ten Hag looks like he's kind of lost control of the dressing room. And then at points, it seems like he's got them back. And then Bruno Fernandes is the captain, and then he's not. Ten Hag, do you buy that he loses uh, control of the dressing room? I think that he certainly uh, – I think that the dressing room is definitely at a point where they might be looking at him a bit sideways. I don't know if it, he's lost – I don't think there is. I think he's definitely being looked at a bit sideways, and no one there respects him. Probably sure respects him. I don't. Have, I don't like McTominay definitely does. He even said so. Yeah, and he has to right now because he's shining. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to. Though. He's like scoring every other game. He's on right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he lost the dressing room. I mean, he lost Sancho, but. That's it. Why would you lose him still, though? And maybe Bruno Fernandez. I don't know. No, it's not Bruno Fernandez. Who's who am I mad at? And, um, Marcus Rashford. You gotta be mad at. Marcus. No, no, Rashford. Sometimes, well, you know who Rashford is. Is one season on, one season off. Like I feel like this is the season, this is uh, the probably the season off. Like um, I'm <laughs> sometimes I just have to accept it, so I don't I don't like hurt myself or something. <laughs> it's real. Like it's like um, but um, is it Anthony? Like that nigga Anthony? Oh, he stinks. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> God. oh my God. 
Like, who? what is his contract? Don't tell me he's getting paid Buku money to be doing this. Like, he might have definitely spent Buku money to get him, for sure. Oh, my God. He should not, like, because he'd be so lost in it. And there's a lot of opportunities he gets, and he just messes it up every time. Which is insane, because he played under Ten Hag at Ajax, and he was a completely different baller. But over here at Man United, it's like, what are you doing? He looks like a shell right now. Most games, it just looks like someone, they always set him up, and then he would just not deliver. And I'm like, what is wrong with your legs? Yeah. (laughs) It definitely starts out well, like you said. like Just like everything else on Manchester United, they start out well. Anthony starts out well, and then he, like, just never kind of pans out. He he doesn't get the right final ball, or he makes the wrong decision, or this, that, and the third. And that seems to be the theme with Manchester United. Yeah, I just got to say, um... Is it Copenhagen? But, um, yeah. I think that's a, another team I learned about that they play um, <laughs> in the Championships League. No, no diss to Copenhagen, any, um, <laughs> for anyone from Denmark listening to this. But um, that game, I feel like it was like Manny was running with And then all of a sudden, I think they just came back and won. And it's like, I saw this. A lot in Man U this year, even the, the, like back this those Arsenal game, there was like the last five minutes, and Arsenal scored and won. It's like I feel like it's not over till it's over with Man U. And shout out Onana, I know um, he gets a lot of pressure because I feel like there's no defense, there's no like that eighteen to just open. It just like come score, come score goals. Yeah, that's how that's how um man you the defense be looking at look like today with Liverpool they had so many shots on goal I was so happy when that game ended I was like thank God <laughs> I'm like is this is this practice for people just taking shots on goal <laughs> yeah it's all valid. it's all valid points though like I feel like even with Onana who's like had a stinker of a start to the season. Like things are just looking, they look. I feel like things look worse for Man United than they actually are. No, and yeah. I don't know. Eric Tenog's, you know, he's got the job of having to kind of bring bring things back steady. But it's hard when you do have a lot of those injuries, you know, in that team. I feel like you look at just like last season, like we haven't seen Tar- uh, Malasio, the fullback, play, and he was looking crazy. The young gun, right. uh, you know, Lissandro Martinez been out, and he was you know one of their better players, especially in defense, and. The Champions League group says it all. Like they scored twelve goals, which I mean, in any Champions League group, you you know, you look at the goals that were scored. Not many teams scored more than twelve goals, you know, outside of like the Man Cities and whatnot. Although Atletico Madrid scored seventeen, Jesus. Um, and so that should be enough to kind of put them through. But the fact of the matter is, they they're conceding in crazy ways, like you said, against Copenhagen. They're up two nil, and then Copenhagen ties it, and then it goes three two, and then three three, and then four three, and they lose. And yo, it's cockiness. I, I I I always say this when I watch them, and it's like I love Man U, but it's like they be up goals, and I feel like you gotta tighten up like the defense of eighteen, and like just like fall back. It still be open. This <laughs> it still just be like two people back there, or three people, and they just attack, and just like I think they slack every time they up. That's how I feel. I don't know if probably they tired or these players are not like I don't want to say fit enough because they they professional soccer players, you know. But um, sometimes I just feel like it just becomes very lax, and then a team scores on us, and then the whole game changes. Yeah. Like, how much of this do you guys think is down to Casemiro playing like dog shit? 
a lot. Yeah. Man, you should have more than four players to me. It should not have um to me, you guys already know who I think is the best player right now, man. You Ganacho. It should not have him as the the top. Like I know this to him, but he's the top player already in that team. And that team has other players that probably spent money on. I feel like it should not be just him most of the times. Because sometimes I watch games, I think he's setting up everyone. He's the person moving it. Every goal probably, like, he has a touch. Um, But um, those two players, Casemiro and Anthony, I feel like they should be the top players. Now, where does this leave Manchester United going forward? They're only in two fire competitions. T- fire the coach. What? <laughs> this is, what do you mean going forward? Fire the coach. This should be his last season. This should be his last season. If they don't fire him, bro, like, oh, my God, bro. That means you want to lose. That means every year you want to be losing and tampering. It's like almost like it's like you want to just tamper your legacy. Like, Oh, let's just lose to teams that we don't know, like Copenhagen. Like, still know this to Copenhagen. But, um, yeah, that's how I feel, for real. LV, that's on a more easy field note. That was... Like, <laughs> it's not a diss to Copenhagen. So much diss to Copenhagen. I've been there once, actually. It was it was mad brick still. LV, on a more even keeled, less biased note, where do they go from here? There are only in two competitions left. <laughs> Uh, they're in the FA Cup in the league. They're out of the the Caribou and they're out of the Champions League. What do they do? Yeah, uh, I was I was gonna say fire the coach. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not there. Fire the coach. Say what you saw. You gotta say. <laughs> no, I'm not there yet. But I do like where H man go with this. I appreciate the. I appreciate that. You know, I love uh, seeing a coach get fired. It's a it's a very entertaining thing in football. But and we've had this conversation about him before. Yes, we definitely have, and the seat has continued to get hot. I think that. Cooler heads have to prevail in this situation. I feel like, I don't know how many times I've been saying this on the pod. Maybe I'm wrong or maybe I'm just imagining this. But I feel like I've been trying to shoot United Vale all season. It's a funny situation there. And I just think that Eric Ten Hag has been dealt a tough uh, you know, hand this season with the injuries. And I think that they have to relax. They're out of the Champions League. Let's be real. They weren't going to go far anyways. I think they know that. But it just looks bad because you're Manchester United. And all of the you know goofy pundits in the world seem to be Manchester United former players. And they just kind of they make the pressure worse than it is. And it's like, y'all not there no more. This is not Fergie time. Like, No, nah, but for real, not trying to cut you up, but not even going to the Caribou, bro. Like, like come on. I was going to the- <laughs> it's like, come on. They're like, we'll win that last year. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, even going to that, bro, like, that's how I feel. Like, that, it's kind of like still like cutthroat still to me. But, like, sorry, go ahead, bro. That's just that. See, see that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, Man United is one of those franchises we talk about, like the Cowboys, like the Lakers. Like, when you're not in that, you know, you're not competing the way you should have been. Or, you know, it's that's that was the old days. Like, that's the thing about the old days, right? As they said in the wire, like it's not that. <laughs> it's not that anymore. It's just you gotta. They bro, they let well, they let Ole Gunnar Solskjaer stay for two seasons longer than he should have. You can't give Eric Ten Hag at least the same amount of time. That's what I'm saying. Ole Gunnar that's was fact. Ole Gunnar was Mister. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so. 
you know, and, and you just have to like, I, I feel like cooler heads need to prevail. That's where I stand in this moment. And it's crazy because I never take that stance for the most part. Um, I'm usually where H-Man is right now. I'm usually getting bro, get I have a question for you, bro. Um, so how many years do you think um, Man you should give this guy? And do you think other people could do better than him? Yes, I think other people can definitely do better than him. I think how that, many people, how many, can you put like, count your fingers? How many coaches you could probably think of, like, not even track off the top, probably. You probably could think of probably like over five. Probably. I, could think, I could think of a few. As, um, and when it comes to coaches that are available, yeah, there definitely are a few I think that could. Probably- I feel like it's a, also like a um, standard thing of who he is with the team. I feel like it's almost like they don't want to fire him. Because of um, it's almost like I don't want to say nepotism because it is not in a family, but like of his credibility in the past. But I don't feel like he's done a lot. As he has done a lot, he, he he's a, he, he's, done, he's done a lot. But like I think like we don't ignore it. Like this is the same thing that happened with Arsenal and, and Mikel Arteta. Like they, they knew that he had a project coming up, and he was looking rough in his first go. But he won, cup, right he won a cup early. Right, and then you know they kind of looked a little bit shaky. They finished eighth, way out of Europe, and then they finished fifth. You know they stumbled out of Europe with a chance to get it. But now, as you can see, like then they finished second, and now they're competing for the title. Like they allowed him the time to make decisions, make tough decisions, like Eric Ten Hag, and like Eric Ten Hag brought silverware. You know how many teams would kill for that? I'm just saying. But no, I, no, I, all right. So um, I get where you might How as, many years you think um, man you should give him then? I think if it gets worse this season, he's go- he's gonna have to go. I think there's no if ands about it. Like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, one thing you could say about him, he could call him a coach that didn't know what he was doing, but he did finish second in the season. That's the truth. He did have wins, big wins against Manchester City in his uh, in his tenure. That's the truth. He did make it to Europa League final. That's the truth. I mean, he lost, but he's he's done those things. And so I think that if it gets worse, the results don't con- like continue to look this way. I really can't make a case from even if he does in my opinion, probably deserves some time. We talk about Frank Lampard getting sacked a little early. You know, Ronnie and I talked about it being like, yeah, that might have been a little premature, but it was what it was. Chelsea is cutthroat like that. And so if the results continue that way, I don't think he's going to finish the season out. I think you got to at least let the man finish the season out. They're still, like Ronnie said, in the FA Cup. Um, as, as bad as they've been doing in the Premier League, like, you look at the standings, like, they're just – you know, they're, I think they're a few points off of a European place. I think eighth, right? They're currently sitting in seventh, and they're six points off of top five. They're seven points off of top four. Uh, 17 matches played about halfway through the season. And, and that's the thing about this season in particular. It seems like a much more open season this year than in years past. Yeah, a lot more parity in many different places, be it Europe, be it even the So players. that goes to what I'm trying to get at, and you kind of were getting at it too. Like, all right, there is no more Champions League. Does it suck? Yes, you didn't get Europa League, but you do have time to mainly focus on the season at hand in domestically. The, you, Manchester United, in theory, can come to a top four spot. They can qualify for Europe. Yeah, you'll have a cup outside of that, but now you could put all that focus on you know getting top four. It's like Spurs, how they don't have European football at all this year. Their main focus is trying to you know crack top four. I don't see why they can't do that. I don't, I don't see why this is – it's like a blessing in disguise kind of situation. No, no, I'm saying no. My thing It's is, very possible that they turn it around. My thing is, like, I feel like for every Man U fan, no, they know this. And I feel like himself knows this, Ten Hag knows this. This is his last season. 
this has to be like the season of to like proof, like, because people look very frustrated. It's how the, don't ship the bed in the transfer window coming up. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I, yeah. I know that's that's real. It's just how the games have been lost. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I think when you have a you're making a solid point. I can't even argue with like the results are the results and they look worse than they are. But for a club like Man United, it's one of them. Like, I don't know if the, you know, they, you can't continue with a fan base like that as rabid as they are. You can't continue right. to have them kind of performances to finish fourth. When's the last time Man United finished fourth in the Champions League group stage? Right. Um, so I don't know. It, it does look ugly. I think that if the results continue the way they are, I'm just to answer your question about how long he should stay here. I think if the results continue the way they are, he might not finish the season out. I think he should at least be able to finish the season out. No, I respect yeah. that. And I never and I never say that. So I just I don't know. I feel like they've been hard done a lot of times this season, especially with what they're going through. But that's the game though. So no excuses for them either. A lot of teams have injuries. A lot of teams deal with setbacks. You know, it is what it is. But at at the moment, uh on the Champions League front, them boys is out of here. Not even no Europa League, like Ronnie said. Woo-hoo-hoo, shit. Arsenal, we go into Group B now. H-Man's other love. They've topped the group, 13 points. PSV ended oh, in second. Arsenal kind of handled business in this group. We talked about how this group could be very tricky. And in the beginning stages of the Champions League uh, group stage, we saw um, how, how tricky this group could get. But Arsenal... Uh, you know, showing the depth that they added uh, this past summer with Declan Rice, who I don't think has had a bad game at this season. Um, probably worth every penny, which is crazy to think about. And yeah, they they're they're hitting that form. They're playing that football that we saw from them last season, where they just kind of overpowered teams with their attacking ability. Um, and yeah, this this group stage really was no different. They picked things up and they just handed it to. Um, the competition. I think they won three out of their last uh, five. I think they only lost one out of their last five. And yeah, uh, stri- pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm a little shocked that PSV made it second. I thought Lons might sneak in there for a sec, but kudos PSV. Quick word on um, Sevilla. Hey, the Sergio Ramos team. Just kidding. How incredibly <laughs> horrible has their run of form been these past couple of seasons? Yeah, they have fallen off the face of the earth, and I was hoping they at least finished third because you know what that means. <laughs> but they couldn't even make it into Europa League. They have they have really uh, fallen off, and it's just kind of sad to see uh, the kind of things that they're highlighting is like Sergio Ramos becoming the defender with the most goals in the Champions League um, ahead of Gerard Piquet. You know, just shit like that, where it's like, all right, but you guys are losing. <laughs> I think, you know, so. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. TBH. They also sacked their manager, Diego Alonso. Ah, love a good sacking. That's their second managerial sacking this season. Oof. So they're continuing. And Alonso only had 14 games word to Frank De Boer. They're continuing the trend that the Premier League was set in last season of, uh, let's not sack one manager, let's sack two a la Chelsea. Uh, a la, was it Southampton? Um, I want to say Wolves. Spurs. <laughs> Spurs. Uh, so, yeah, Sevilla is saying, uh, yeah, why not? You know, why not? If he doesn't work for 14 games, let's get him out of here. Um, but, yeah, just rough and tough for them. Out of Europe completely. Not doing too hot in uh, in uh, La Liga. I think they said just above the relegation zone. 
uh, it's all bad. It's all bad for Sevilla. Hate it had to be them, but ooh. exactly. It's it's the club that's like if it were some club that we don't really expect. That's one thing. But Sevilla is a pillar in Spanish football, and for them to be trash, it it might not sit well. It might with Real Betis fans, but it doesn't really sit well for football heritage. Nasty. Um, speaking of football heritage, Real Madrid are just one of two teams to finish the Champions League season group stage uh, without dropped points. The other one's Man City. They finished top of the group. Napoli in second. Shout out Bellingham. There you go. Easy, easy money. Shout out to Bellingham. Another guy we talk. About, I mean, we talk about Declan Rice being worth every penny. Uh, Jude Bellingham is one of those where if if uh, they paid a hundred ish million for him, they might have uh, finessed BVB because he might be worth twice as much. But um, Madrid to me are scary, are probably the scariest team in Europe right now. They just get it done, man, and they just look good. They look unfazed. This is their bread and butter. They're my favorite to win the Champions League. Yeah, I saw they just um, signed um, Hendrik. Well, they didn't just sign him. He just uh, oh, like came, came up, right? Madrid. Yeah, they signed him like they signed him and loaned him back to Palmeiras, who How just won the Brazil out. So he... wait, so now can he like he joined the first team now? In January. In January, that's crazy. How did they get this guy? Like they just finding all the young Brazilian wonder kids. Who's their scout? What yeah. do they know? Like what kind of cheat codes they using? Because they using the cheat codes, the Grand Theft Auto cheat codes. We have someone here on the pod who knows all that. Oh yes, Spencer. Of course, of course. Spencer, how? Share some of the secrets. How is Madrid doing this? Oh, they just got money. <laughs> no, it was a part of like their new um, when the when they kind of changed from high powered spending and now looking at the younger talent. I mean, that's why they got the Camavinga, the Jude's, the Fede, Vinicius, Rodrigo. That is one thing about them. They're not buying old heads anymore. They're buying a lot of guys that they can develop. Right, yeah. and I feel like it's gonna be going on for a while how they play, because um, most of these players are all very young. And to LV's point, Real Madrid is definitely a favorite to win the Champions League yeah. because no one is even close to taking their foot off the gas. Wait, who has beat them in a while? I feel like every time I check, they win it. Girona? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They beat Girona. <laughs> they beat Girona, but yeah, nah. They uh, I don't know. I just watched them play the season, and it's just a little bit of confidence and a little bit of like getting it done that they have, and it, it's just I don't know. They they kind of they're scary. Uh, if I'm any team in the Champions League, any powerhouse, if I'm Bayern, if I'm City, I can't even call PSG a powerhouse in the Champions League anymore. But if I'm any of those teams, I'm watching out for Real Madrid. I do not want to play those guys. They just they are on it, and yeah. I think I feel like I don't I can't see them not winning the Champions League this season. Well, I just want to say, um, I just I think England should be looking at this too because, um, Jude is getting. I feel like I know everyone knows this was about to happen, but he's amazing, bro. Every week, like I think he scores every game. How Madrid was with Benzema leaving, that was a huge loss. But this is a huge repl- replacement still. I'm sorry. Still great. To answer uh, each man's question, their only loss this season came against Atleti. Um, oh, <laughs> the rivals. We'll, we'll talk about Atleti in a minute, but Napoli, a quick word on them. They, their season hasn't been the same as last season, obviously. 
they weren't as high flying as they were, but they were still good enough to make it to the knockout round. Because let's be honest, Braga and Union Berlin were not going to do it. Yeah, Union Berlin. Uh, not to jump off Napoli for a second, but damn, really, we talk about sad with Sevilla. It's a different kind of sad with Union Berlin, but damn, really disappointed. But Napoli-wise, yeah, I think they're really slow start to their season, but they're finally kind of picking things up. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, the Champions League group not the toughest for them. But even domestically as well, like I think they're finally finding their footing. Victor Osiman, who looked like he had one foot out the door, uh, is is kind of coming back and coming good and scoring goals and having wonderful assists. And as is Kevin Scalia, we'll look at that, um, amongst others. So I think they're they're finding their form at the right time. We'll see if that lasts into the uh, into the knockout phase. Uh, I know it's a you know a month or two away, which can you know kind of cool off teams' hot form. And it all depend on the draw. Yeah, and the draw as well, for sure. But I think Napoli are kind of finding their footing and, and getting back to, quote-unquote, their best. Group D, Real Sociedad won their group. Balling. That's a team in form. They are in form. They drew Inter Milan at the San Siro to pretty much confirm their top spot. Inter in second. Benfica did finish in third. They were about to finish dead last, but they are going to continue their journey. They're going to play in the Europa League. And Salzburg finished in fourth. Real Sociedad have all the makings to be a dark horse in this competition. Sure enough, and we love to see it. I will be rooting for Real Sociedad to make some waves. Shout out to Takefuso uh, Kubo. Takefuso Kubo. Takefuso Kubo. Mikel Oyaslaval. <laughs> Andre Silva, who's on loan from RB Leipzig. Yeah, wow. Look at that. And Kieran Tierney on loan from Arsenal. Goddamn Kieran Tierney. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, they're definitely capable of um, of making a Cinderella run. And I don't think anybody would want to play Inter in the round of 16 because they are one of the second-place teams. Very interesting that you say that. Uh, with Inter Milan, I feel like they're – uh, H-Man mentioned uh, Marcus Rashford being a season-on, season-off kind of guy. I feel like Inter Milan are a game-on, game-off kind of team. Uh, they're either – they always attack, always high-flying attacking, but it's either Lautaro is scoring the chances or he is missing every single chance. And you just never know which Inter Milan you're going to get. <laughs> it's so funny with them. Very up and down. It's an Inter Milan that's good enough to top Serie A at the current moment. Yes. Um, Juve fucked up the chance, you know. Hold on to that, but that's neither here nor there. Benfica, mm-hmm. I'm glad they are continuing the European journey because it would have been depressing had their journey ended fourth out of four. Yeah. But uh, that's Group D. Uh, quickly on E, Atleti, to bring them back into the conversation, they won their group, 14 points, only dropped points twice. They were both draws. And uh, Lazio, they beat out Lazio on the final match day to, uh, you know, Win and Lazio's in second. Fire Nerd were already confirmed third. And Celtic were already dead last. I know this group is a keep it pushing type of group. But you know me. I have to acknowledge the Honduran Luis Palma. One of two Central Americans to have two goals in the Champions League. They did beat Fire Nerd. But again, the damage was done. Go ahead, big man. We love to see it. Uh, also, yeah, definitely keep pushing, but I also have to mention Anton Griezmann. That man in athletic colors, 
Ooh, he is the man. And he's been giving Atletico Madrid everything that they need from him, uh, especially the goals. Uh, just their form right now, it's all it's all Antoine Griezmann. Shout to him. He's a baller, especially in them colors. Uh, yeah, man, his hair is less dusty. Yeah, you know, it, it, I think things get a little better for him when he leaves Barcelona, as always. It's either he looks good in you know in the uh, in the French kit or the athletic kit. And right now he's wearing the athletic kit. Yeah, he looked like he got out of bed every day at fact. Barcelona. That's a fact. Sometimes the wrong side of the bed. Neither here nor there. Now, Feyenoord. That's that's just one other thing I want to ask. Could they make a deep Europa League run? Yeah, I think they definitely have the talent. They uh, had the. Uh, that's a fact. H man, shout to Vegeta Dream. Woo! Anton Griezmann. Anyways. <laughs> um, no, yeah. that's a fact. Shout out to Dream. That song's a banger. <laughs> but Feyenoord, um, yeah, I think that they had an opportunity to finish second in this group at a point until they kind of really shot themselves in the foot. Uh, that first match against Lazio in the group stage, uh, they kind of wiped the floor with them. And then you didn't really see much of that, I guess, replicated throughout the rest of the group stage. So I don't know what must have happened to them. But, yeah, they definitely have the talent and the quality to make a deep run in the Europa League, and it definitely makes things a lot more interesting for Liverpool and Leverkusen. We're looking at y'all. Not here nor there. That it does. Um, another team that, you know, is going to be a potential favorite in the Europa League is AC Milan. And now we get to talk about Group F. Woo-wee! The uh, quote-unquote group of death coming into this, especially with Newcastle making waves early. We all remember how they whooped on PSG, tying side. Up at the uh, goddamn St. James's Park. I almost said the Stadium of Light. Sunderland fans would have killed me. With Newcastle making waves early on in this group, it looked to be the super group of death. And things just kind of panned out as they should have. Newcastle kind of slumping in form, dealing with that, having to play in many competitions, depth issues, injury issues. And going Peter- into this game, by going into this last match day, BVB was the only team confirmed into the round of 16. Yeah. Yes. Well said. And so it, this was definitely the group to watch, at least for me, um, a lot left, you know, on the table. PSG could have found themselves out. That would have been very, so very. There was a moment where BVB had the lead and I don't know what happened in uh, Newcastle, but there was a point where it was BVB one Milan two, PSG three. Yeah, I was I'll, already thinking about the January transfer window because I know he, Mbappe wasn't going to stay for Europa League. Mm-mm-mm. And Luis Enrique would—I don't know what would have happened to him. We talk about cutthroat. But, hey man, I don't know if he was prepared to have spreadsheets if they went to Europa League. Ooh, he would have had to spread them sheets somewhere else. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Newcastle completely um, collapsed against AC Milan in the second half of that last game. Uh, Milan showing a bit of that experience. We know that they were in the semifinals of this competition last season. Um, and, yeah, I think Kristen Pulisic must have scored the, the winner in that match. Or it could have been no, Samuel Chukwese scored in the, like, 85th minute. Chukwese yeah, scored the winner. And Pulisic. that goal was actually brilliant. The build-up play on the counter from AC Milan. And then Chuk- how they got Chukwese is a whole other conversation. Yes. Because that, that man is a baller. Boom, boom. Um, but yes, uh, he yeah. scored the game winner, and Pulisic uh, scored yeah. the goal to tie to tie things up. But yeah, Newcastle completely collapsed, and in that match, and that kind of was a theme for their group stage in the second half of things. They really just let themselves go, lost three of their last five, 
And that's not going to get you into the uh, knockout stage, or maybe not even in Europe with the competitiveness of this group. And that's how things shook out. PSG... It was the luck of the draw, really. Newcastle got the got the hardest group in their return to Champions League football. Do you have any final thoughts on F? No, um, definitely interested to see where these teams are paired up at. Shout out to Dortmund for getting top spot. Allows them to maybe get a little bit, I won't call it easier competition because some really good teams are in second. It gives them uh, a little bit of breathing room. Yes, and I think BBB definitely would need that. So shout out to them. I'd love to see PSG paired up with them finishing second. Ooh, that's I'd love another it. potential, like, that's another potential of, like, like Inter, like, I don't know if you'd want to draw them, but PSG haven't really been the high-flying PSG. Like, yeah, they're probably leading leg on, but their games haven't really been all that, all that great. Like they yeah. drew today against Lille, and then this group they finished second. I'd they like were probably a favorite to top the group. I I'd like to see them play Arsenal. That'd be crazy. Ooh, on our simulation we have them drawing Real Madrid. Damn. <laughs> They don't want that. Nobody wants that. Wait, who who drawn Real Madrid? No, we we ran a test simulation of like the draw, and it spit out Real Madrid versus PSG. It also spit out a rematch of last year's final, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, you don't want that. <laughs> no, I don't think they even want Arsenal. I, I think I would go Arsenal over PSG if that were the draw. I agree. I don't think they want that, but I do want to see what Mbappe does to a Premier League team. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I will. I'd rather see that because I feel like. Madrid, PSG, I feel like I'll give that to Madrid. What but, about Man City? Man City? Well, yeah, what about PSG versus Man City and El Classic Oil, if you will? First of all, PSG is low-key um, France playing. Um, <laughs> 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 it's like the France international team. Um, but I feel like Man City, man, they just, uh, they're just the villains. I can never put any team in. I hear Man City. I hate Man City. I just want to say everyone that's a Man City fan is like just the same like a Golden State Warriors fan. They were not a fan before. We <laughs> <laughs> just became a fan when that Arab dude came in and started like yo started winning. They still only won Manchester. Yo, <laughs> even though we're losing. <laughs> real quick, real that. quick on Man City, like I worked with this one student. He told me that he was a um that he's a Man City fan. I'm like, oh motherfucker. This guy likes this team because of the money. I know it. He's like, no, 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 no. I've been a fan since Stefan Jovetic. I'm like, wow. Wow. That is a name drop. It helps because he's Montenegrin. Yeah. But, like, that's a name drop. No, and he's he's, a, he's, uh, no, no, that's a City fan. He's Not a these fan. people who be like, oh, I like a good – no. Yeah, no, I just think um, City has become the most op-on fan base, too. They're not saying City doesn't have fans. Y'all, there's probably City fans out there, there's real fans, shout out to them. Um, but there's also a huge wave of, like, hopping on the team that always comes back from behind and wins. And this is why I don't like putting teams against them, because they really study team, and they, they have an excellent coach. Their coach is just very, like, I feel like he's he knows the game so well, so they study players so well. So it's like, I feel like I wouldn't put any team against them. Even yeah, like, man. Salts to Jovetic. <laughs> That's a big but, name drop. Um, the city. Wow. Hey, man. That that is quite the name drop. Um. Yeah. We don't really need to talk about Man City's group. That group was done and dusted in like September. So on to Group H, the Barcelona group. Um. It is worth pointing out that I think, and Spencer can correct me if I'm wrong, Antwerp's three-two win over Barcelona. 
where you had fucking the likes of Vincent Janssen scoring. I think that was their first ever win in Europe in the Champions League. Or in, No, it is their first ever win in the Champions League because it's their first ever group stage. It might be their first ever win in Europe too. I'm not too sure, but Antwerp won 3-2 over Barca. Barca continuing their shit form. And uh, Porto and Shakhtar had a fucking shootout of a game. 5-3, but it wasn't enough. Barca won, Porto 2, Shakhtar 3. Well, Barcelona are very are very interesting side this season. Uh, they win games late. They leave things late. They don't score more than two goals often this season. I'm not sure how many times they've scored more than two goals this season. Probably not many. They probably haven't scored uh, maybe, maybe twice or three times. Maybe not, but... Uh, that's not going to cut it. Knockout stage against better competition. Um, I I don't know. I don't know about Barca. I think they're they're trying to build something. They're continuing to build something, but they got to get the goals off. They're not really scoring at all. Man. Like I said, that's going to be a problem against uh, the likes of even an Inter Milan who on their best day could get you. They could even beat um, Valencia this weekend. Yeah, but it's one thing to point out. Um, not only are all four Spanish teams through, all four Spanish teams won their group. What does that say about La Liga compared to everyone else? Um, yeah, n- nothing really yet. Um, I guess we'll see where they might end up towards the end of the competition. But yeah, that, that doesn't really say anything yet. I think we've seen English teams do that, and then we've had you know a final that didn't include. Actually, that's that's not really been finals that have included English teams in a while, but uh, yeah, I would say that doesn't doesn't really say much yet. Something definitely to keep an eye on, though. The numbers are La Liga four, Serie A three, um, Premier League two, Bundesliga three, um, and yeah, just putting that out there because that was a conversation that was being had after the fact. Yeah. Um. So. That's the Champions League group stage. Um, you already said that your favorite probably is Real Madrid. Yeah, ain't no problem. Um, I'm locked in. I think Real Madrid are the team to beat. Which honestly isn't a isn't a bad shout. But if we're being contrarian because Spencer's here, who will we go with? I feel like the the, the Manchester City. Um, oh God! Bayern Munich are interesting. They're getting better as the season carries on. Harry Kane is in that is in that mode. He's just doing everything. Um, so definitely Bayern Munich as well. I mean, Arsenal might have a shout as well as one of the teams to beat. They're, I think they might. They're odds on uh, somewhere in the top three in terms of favorites or top four <clears throat> in this competition. So yeah, I would say those though that group of teams probably have the best chance of uh, getting to the final and or winning the final. And I want to be clear, I'm not very happy about saying Real Madrid probably are the favorites, in my opinion, but that is just how I feel at the moment. You being real, though. Yeah, they got Endrick. What are they like, how, how? Spencer, did you ever answer that question? <laughs> money. Oh, yes. That you have. <laughs> no, not my money. <laughs> you do drive a Porsche. Water around town. Oh, man, it's the Porsche. That's what I get you. <laughs> Do you guys have any sort of dream matchups in the in the knockout stage or and or favorites other than Real Madrid? Man, like I said, Real Sociedad is my dark horse. 
How far will they make it? If they win it, that'd be amazing. They're not though. I think I'm kind of content with what the uh what the computers spat out for us. Um Barca Copenhagen, Man City Inter, PSG Real Madrid. Real Sociedad Lazio would be a very interesting match because I think they're both relatively even with Sociedad having a bit of an edge. Yeah. Atleti Napoli, I think, is another similar matchup. Ooh. Nice. Um, I actually would like to see that one now that I'm looking at it. Um Porto and BVB, Arsenal Leipzig. Yeah, I think uh Sociedad Lazio and Atleti Napoli would be my I know like people are oh Man City PSG or Man City Inter or Real Madrid PSG. So I, I think I would like those three. The one you mentioned earlier, Arsenal PSG. Uh, Sociedad, Lazio, and Napoli, and Atleti. Boom, pass. Uh, H-Man, who do you want to see Man United play in the knockout? Oh, wait, never mind. Was... <laughs> that was cold. That was very low, man. Stop it. <laughs> you see him, man. It's still deep. Who do you want to see Real Madrid play, Spence? Whoever they'll beat. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, somebody give him a yellow card. Where's the yellow card at? Nah, that, that was a yellow card offense. Just say Copenhagen, fam. Oh, not Copenhagen. Oh, my God. That team. That team. I just <laughs> so the teams in the first pot are going to want to play Copenhagen. They, no, it would be really win. cool if they could play United. But Damn. Damn. Three. Oh, my God. I want a vest, but not a bulletproof vest. Now, come on, bro. Like, that's now, hard. Come in. Now, what about Liverpool in the Europa League? Damn. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, same thing. I'm hoping that they, they, whoever they get, whoever they play, they beat. Hopefully, they won the Europa League this year. They did lose to Union Sangiwa on the last group game, two uh, one. They did. They did. The lineup was a bit different, different players, but this is a loss. Yeah, it was a mailed it in type of game because they were already through. Um. Also through West Ham. West Ham are through. Um, Brighton are through. That is probably a dark horse in the Europa League. Yeah, it depends on how they, uh, I guess, how serious they can take it or, I mean, how their squad depth will hold up because you're seeing it in the Premier League that they're kind of really slipping and uh, tumbling because of the European competition. So. Maybe they'll be like West Ham, where last season they were almost in a relegation scrap and, you know, won uh, the Conference League. But, yeah, potentially. I mean, Brighton can do those kind of things. They have the quality. But will their squad be deep enough to compete in Europe and the Prem? Okay, Debbie Downer. Um, Bayer <laughs> uh, oh, Leverkusen, who looks like they can't do no wrong, are also, you know, top of the group. Facts. Bayer Leverkusen have the most goals scored in Europe, I, I read somewhere. Is that true? In European competition, they scored 19 goals. Nice. They only conceded three. Nice. Yeah, I think that's more than any team in the Champions League for sure. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, – I feel like the favorites have to be Leverkusen. You could throw in Liverpool in that as well. But the favorites, I think, without question, have to be Leverkusen. I'm going Leverkusen for sure. The Vux self. Facts. We have to, as begrudgingly as it may be, Conference League. All right. Lille won their group. 
Maccabi Tel Aviv won their group. Victoria Plesson, Bruges, who they, they topped the group against Bodo Glimt, by the way, and Besiktas. Let's just put that out there. Mm. Aston Villa, Fiorentina, Pauk, and Fenerbahce. I think we said going into this that the favorite would probably be Fiorentina, but given the way that Aston Villa has just been playing exceptional ball, could it be fair to say that they might be a favorite, becoming the second team in England to win this competition? Um, yeah, I think Villa definitely have a great chance. You know, uh, Una Emery's pedigree in Europe. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, of course, we're going to pay more attention to this when they get to like the quarterfinal stage, but... Again, something to look forward to. Um, Aston Villa in the Conference League. Um, in the words of Dora the Explorer, where do we go next? Let's find the map. Let's see here. Back, back. We already spoke about some of the weekend. Like we spoke about Man U against Liverpool a little bit. Um, Spurs had a good weekend against Nottingham Forest. Um, Newcastle played Fulham. I don't know what the fuck. Raul Jimenez was doing. Yeah, whoa. That was, whoa. <laughs> to shoot him a little bit of bail, he might have missed time to jump on the, uh, was it Longstaff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pause. So he might, bro. So he might have missed time that. Um, Man City drew Crystal Palace. That was my favorite match. Definitely late drama there. Royal Hodgson with a cheeky smile at the end of the game. Oh, I love that. Um, the city really is stumbling, fumbling right now, and Crystal Palace took advantage of that. They could have been clear out of this game, you know, by halftime, but they couldn't convert their chances. And, you know, when you can't convert your chances against Roy Hodgson, he's going to bite you in the ass, and that's exactly what he did to Pep Guardiola and Man City. Oh, all of a sudden they find themselves in fourth place, uh, 17 matches played, uh, five points off of league leaders Arsenal. Um now I saw this um on NBC. Um shouts to Rebecca Lou. Um could this be the beginning of the end of their dominance in the Prem? I sure hope so. <laughs> Please. Uh do you concur, Spencer? No. Oh damn it. <laughs> this guy's so pessimistic. I mean, I feel him though. I feel him. They please. always, I mean, they always have like a rough patch. It's usually like out of sync with everyone else. And then, yep. At the end of the year, we're like, "Wow, City has won oh twenty God, games. How did they do it in a row? How did they do it? They twenty games. They just can't lose twenty games. Oh my God! <laughs> God damn it! That is correct. Uh-huh. That is true. That is true. But that's I, farmers league speak. But I'm not gonna have that conversation. Well, they're usually chasing down though, so it's not really farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. hockey down. That, that's also a good point. Farmers League, you're thinking they're out of sight, 15 points clear by November. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea defeated Sheffield United 2-0 because, of course, they did. Uh, um, relegation scrap. Arsenal Brighton, to prove your point on Brighton uh, and their depth issues, they did look a bit gassed today. They, yeah, they looked uh, – that first half was so-so. Uh, second half, Arsenal just kind of showed them the quality. Folks off the bench again. Declan Rice can't can't make a wrong touch to save his life. And yeah, Brighton just looked defeated, depleted, outnumbered, and uh, Arsenal took advantage two 0 um, 
they just look a little funny at the moment. Not the Brighton that you might have been scared of at the top of the season. And yeah, that, that European competition, uh, you know, really does a number on, on your on your first 11 and your squad as a whole. And Brighton are really dealing with that right now. Arsenal are not, unfortunately for me. Now, before we decided, we didn't decide, before we went on our little sabbatical, um, Everton were given a 10-point deduction. Since then, and you mentioned this pre-pod, they, the Toffees, have been pretty good. Where, where there's a Sean Dyche, there is a way. And that man is getting it done for the Toffees, for Everton. He's got Dominic Cavalluan getting in on the goals. Abdullah Dekure is the man. I think he leads their team with goals. Uh, and they just can't be stopped. They, this weekend, he went ahead. Sean Dyche made his return to Burnley. Oh, How was- fitting. How fitting was that? It was beautiful. He went to Turf Moor. He said, guys, I was your guy, and you guys dissed me for J.J. Watt. (laughs) 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 And what did he do? They ran in there and took two goals and ran off with three points. Up the Toffees. I'm riding with Everton this season, bro. I don't care what nobody say. (laughs) Go Everton. They, They got deducted, was sitting in relegation, and now are way out of the relegation zone. Big up to Sean Dyche, man. Big up to Everton. Hey, man, Sean Dyche is that man. Um, Pickled Onion Monster Crunch or whatever the shit was called. (laughs) I think he's their guy, and he's showing Burnley, who might get relegated this season. You know, you could have had this, but you fucked up. Facts. It's like like looking at you, I was like, damn, why did I break over there? Hey, man. But, you know, it is what it is. Everton, uh... They also announced that next season will be the last season of Goodison Park. Oh, facts. Yeah, they're going to be in their new stadium. On the pier, yeah. On the dock, if you will. That's nice. Sean Dyche deserves it. Um, One match that we probably wouldn't talk about under any normal circumstances, but we have to talk about it real quick here. Uh, Burnham Luton Town. Yeah, oof, that was uh, scary, to say the least. Yeah, man. Luton Town captain Tom Lockyer collapsed in the center of the park, and um, they treated him for about 10, 15 minutes, and uh, the match was rightfully called off uh, with the match being tied at one apiece. The good news is uh, not long after we received the um, statements from Luton that he has been responsive. And he was in hospital, and they thanked the medical staffs for both teams who, you know, rushed out to his aid. Um, It was also pointed out that this wasn't his first incident. He had this happen to him when uh, Luton played the promotion final at Wembley. So maybe there's something there, but we're not in the business of speculation. But, yeah, scary scenes at Burnmouth. Well, wishes to him. Prayers up as always, but yeah, always a scary thing. And uh, all the folks speculating and being like, COVID vaccine, get out of here, bro. Prayers up. That was a scary moment for sure. It, it definitely was, fam. And um, Rob Edwards, the manager, you saw the immediate concern on his face. Um, it was a cardiac arrest. And again, he is in stable condition as of nine hours ago. No word yet on when they'll finish this match. But again, all the best to Tom Lockyer. Um, and I think we're pretty much good on the Prem. Yes. La Liga. Um, we already spoke about Barcelona's uh, slipping and falling, not being able to get up. Um, they drew to Valencia. 
Real Madrid, they ran riot on Villarreal. Bellingham, Brahim Diaz scored. Even Luka Modric got in on the scoring act. And you, and you know when Luka Modric scores, it's a it's a party for Real Madrid. That win, I think, takes them top of the league, finally overtaking that, that team named uh, Girona. Who play tomorrow. Yep. So Madrid. And they play Deportivo Alaves. A.K.A. Real Madrid. Count your blessings because Girona is hot on that ass. Now, I, I noticed something. Uh, someone pointed it out. Clubs that are owned by this, that have this, that share the same owner, can't compete in the same European competition. Hmm. Should Girona finish top four or win the league? And Man City do the same. Girona is going to be the ugly duckling of the situation, if that is the case. Interesting. Now, here's a potentially dumb question. How does that work with the Red Bull uh, teams? I mean, they might have different owners, I'm assuming, but... I think they finesse it because uh, RB doesn't stand for Red Bull, even though we yeah. know it does. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's, uh, what is it? Red Bull Sport. Yes. So uh, there's a finesse in the system. So if they could finesse this situation here between Man City and Girona, great. Because I would love to see Girona have Champions League nights. I would love that. Facts. But I think that's how they're able to finesse it. Hopefully, again, if they do have a good season, they should be rewarded for it. Yeah, on Girona, I mean, they are the real deal. 16, 17 matches played. They've beaten the likes of Barcelona. Um, They're putting every team to the sword. The one loss on their books, I believe, was to Real Madrid this season. They are on point. They look scary. They play high flying football. They got Paulo Gazzaniga in goal. <laughs> they, yeah, they're just very fun to watch. And yeah, I mean, this is a little far into the season, and they have a chance to go top spot after 17 matches played. Um, that is insane. Last week, they beat Barcelona. Yep. A Barcelona who at that point was already frail a bit. There was a statistic uh, that Girona were. One of the not big three teams being the two Madrid clubs in Barcelona, they were the first team outside of that group to have sole possession of first place this late into the season since Sevilla led match week 25 in 2006-2007. Wow. Um, obviously, if Girona wins tomorrow, they'll reclaim top spot um, and they will have sole possession. But um, I wanted to bring it up then. I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to jinx anything, but I feel like the comparisons to Leicester City, they're comparing. The comparisons are comparing. All right, and I let them keep comparing. I hope it happens. That would be so cool. Big up, Girona, man. Let's go. And you don't really see this in La Liga. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, rare is it that a team not named Barca, Real Madrid, or Atleti win the league, especially in the 2010s, especially in this the decade as well. Um the last team I can think of that won the league with that was not named either team was Valencia, I think. That was a while ago. And after that, they obviously fought, uh, hired um, Gary Neville to manage, and we know how that experiment went. Oof, man. I saw a stat about Gary Neville's time at Valencia compared with Eric Ten Hag's time at Man United after 18 games. And they're, they're making a case for the boy Gary Neville. <laughs> That's insane. I've never seen that in my life. So, H-Man, you might be right. You know what? Yo, let's get I want to rescind my, my point from earlier. Get Ted Hogg the fuck out of here. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you, bro. I'm so happy you went back. Get him out of here, bro. Get him out of here. Serie A. Serie A, Inter, Inter Milan, a handling business. I caught that match today, actually, against Lazio. 
uh, a 2-0 win with both goals, I believe, coming in a, just a bef- I think in the second half. I, mean, I know Lataro scored early, uh, not early, but just before the first half whistle was blown. And then uh, the young Turam uh, finished things off. Uh, Lazio with a red card and uh, yeah, it never looked close into Milan in with them bright ass orange jerseys, which aren't half bad except for the Paramount Plus logo in the front. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that. Uh, Juve has been playing a lot of uh, Ronnie Friday games this season, and I feel like every Friday game they're defending or any, any game period, they're either drawing of late or defending a one goal advantage. Very true. And in the past it, couple of weeks, they beat Monza 2-1, and that match was a nail-biter in the end when Federico Gatti scored the match winner after Monza equalized like two minutes before. Um, they defended the one nothing result against Napoli. Uh, again, it was Gatti who scored. And uh, they scored early in this match on Friday against Genoa, and Genoa equalized, and it looked like they were content with the draw. It was Kiedo who converted on, on a penalty for Juve this game. So that's my thing about Juve. And it's um a bit of a pet peeve, if you will. A lot more stressful than it needs to be for a team of that caliber. Still trying to figure things out. But they'd be, they'd be locked in. They'll probably get the top four this season because, like, despite defending one-goal advantages, they are still winning games. But, yeah, it just gets annoying. Like, you know, you could, you know you're better than that. Yeah, or do they? That's a very good question. I would think that they are. Yeah. Gatti is a breakout star this season. He is. Chiesa hasn't really been as great as he was pre-injury. Locatelli comes off the bench. Vlahovic is in and out. It could it could be Allegri, to be honest, which we've had this conversation before. It's the same song, second verse. Facts. Do you want to take the same stance as H-Man took with Ten Hag, or? I don't know. I'll do it for you. Yes, it's time, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here. I think the standout moment in City R this weekend for me was Victor Osimhen's assist. Uh, in that match uh, against Cagliari to make it uh, 2-1, I believe. Uh, Kiriskaya on the end of it, but it was literally just Ossiman juggling the ball in the box with his knee around three, four players. Uh, looked like Ronaldinho. Finds the ball on the ground, low cross to Kiriskaya. He converts uh, the the uh, rare time this season where the assist has been better than the goal. We've seen that a couple of times this year, but incredible, incredible assist by Victor Osiman. And when he's playing like that and Kevin Scali is doing the same, that's the Napoli we uh, saw last season. Afcon starts in less than a month. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go down. Enter racism. And yeah, uh, that does it for City. Um, um, Bundesliga, I feel like it, it's the same bit. Bayer Leverkusen, all gas, no breaks. Facts, facts on facts. 3-0 over Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, Bayern Munich also defeated Stuttgart after they got smoked by Eintracht Frankfurt 5-1. It was the um, Harry Kane versus Cyril Gorassi uh, derby. Yeah, I think Harry Kane became like one of the fastest players to score 20 goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah, with a brace this weekend. and Just letting Gorassi know a hey, big guy. Fuck Harry guy. Kane. <laughs> I'm still the big man on campus. Brother man, that those Gerd Muller Robert Lewandowski records are at the point of shivering their timbers at this point. Twenty goals after fourteen matches for Bayern. Uh oh. Yeah. 
Dortmund continue to draw points. Uh, they lost last week to RB Leipzig. They drew to Augsburg 1-1. Uh, Daniel Malin scored the only goal for black and yellow. Um, and RB Leipzig defeated Hoffenheim 3-1. Emil Forsberg scored a goal in, I think this be, this is his final match with RB Leipzig, uh, unless he plays this week. He's, yeah, he's going to, uh, he's going to come to America. No Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh, um, sorry guys, can I just say one thing about Harry Kane, guys? Oh, please. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, um, 20 goals still. <laughs> he should have scored that penalty in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> we still, we still remember it. You can score 40 goals. <laughs> you can do what you do, Harry Kane. You can score 40 goals. We'll still remember you missing that penalty and kicking a field goal. 20 goals. Well, my God, my rat's ass are like, (laughs) 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 whatever. (laughs) Still, you still missed that penalty that could make England go further. You know what it is in the World Cup with England and three lines, and you helped. Still, that's how I just feel about Harry Kane. But yeah, you guys can go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's hilarious, bro. Oh my goodness. We have that time coming, but last week LV was in London Town, in it we gotta tell the good people about the on-location experience. LV experiencing his boyhood club in their brand spanking new stadium against Newcastle United, who should forever lose. Share the experience, LV. Oof, well, I, I want to I lead with the, the wise words from H-Man Coker. Newcastle should forever lose. And that is exactly what they did uh, last Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where I was on location courtesy of the Football Misfits. Yep, I was flewed out by the Football Misfits. Shout out to them. Uh, I think- I.E. Spencer. Endorsed by Big Spence. Uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Who drives a Porsche. <laughs> Don't forget, <laughs> right around town, not me. <laughs> I thought I heard the same thing. Anyways, um, man, it was yeah, it was an incredible experience being out there. Uh, not only you know for the match, but just you know experience in that um, taking the train up with the Jordies, who was wilding, uh, and then the closer we got uh, up north to to the lane, if you will, the, the Spurs fans uh, doubled, tripled. It was like cockroaches. It was crazy in a positive way. We went by a Spurs pub called the Bricklayers, um, which has a sign out front that says Spurs uh, supporters only. Now, shout to segregation, because that's exactly what that was. Um, <laughs> we were asked at the door. Guy looks at us in the face as Newcastle. And I responded promptly, hell no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we made our way in there where Spurs fans were singing all the Spurs songs and uh it just uh and you could see the stadium from their back patio um then we made our way up and uh, walked into the concourse and saw the cockerel if you will the golden cockerel with the clock um right outside the stadium made our way up the chicken up the chicken on the ball uh beautiful stadium daniel levy you done it again you sick bastard and um made our way to our seats right before kickoff uh and i don't know felt felt kind of surreal still kind of feels uh like it didn't happen but yeah we were there and uh that stadium is unbelievable uh the seats i feel like there isn't a bad seat in the house 
especially where we were sitting. Corner flag, Spurs were playing away from our end to start the first half. Second half, they were attacking our way, uh, and it was all Spurs from the jump. They were treating Newcastle like boys, and Ange Ball was in full effect. I could see my coach on the touchline. Uh, he couldn't hear me, but, you know, I was yelling. And, um, yeah, Spurs went marching in, violated. Youngman's son violated Kieran Trippier. Uh, Richarlison violated Callum Wilson. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful experience. On location to everything, courtesy of the Football Misfits. My first Premier League fixture uh, competitively. We've seen Spurs in the past, Ronnie and I. Uh, and H-Man. was there. H-Man was there as well in that Roma match. Which uh, was a hell of beautiful a match. Uh, I have a question. I have a question. Um, yes, I feel like this is your team, and you saw it like right on the ground. I have one question for you. You could, you could answer yes or no. You can go into detail. Um, <laughs> did you cry? <laughs> I, I I did not cry. Uh, and I'll uh, tell you, I'll tell it's you okay, man. It's okay to cry. It's I'll like, tell you why. It, it is okay to cry. I'll tell you why I did not cry. Uh, so I went to the match with a few friends. Shout out to the Full Kit Wankers, first of all. Americans taking over London. Another Spurs fan, my dog, Robbie, uh, happened to be out there. And so we linked up to watch the match together. But I did catch the match with my lovely wife, who doesn't care for soccer at all. And if I were to cry for that moment and not, uh, you know, any potentially, I would say potentially, but any uh, memorable moments in our relationship, i.e. getting married, then I would have never lived that down. So not a tear was shit. Not a tear was shit. Not a single <laughs> so tear. Wait, wait, wait. You, you could have saved yourself, LV. You could have said you did cry at your wedding. PR purposes, brother. Uh, yes, I definitely did. But uh, then if I were to cry there, it would have been, wait, so this means, no, I wasn't going to do that. And uh, so not a tear was shed, but I did, I was uh, definitely emotional. I did enjoy myself. And um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I cried inside, H-Man. How's that? Inside cry. No, I like that. I like that. Because that's your team. I, I, I could imagine if I see Man United and they won a game, that day I would feel like... <laughs> I'm sorry, especially the emphasis on winning the game. And I'll be on it. it like clouds right there, like, you know, for the rest of the day, the, the, the way, month. The way this podcast is going, you might cry when they sack Eric Tenog, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> what? I'm popping champagne. Champagne. <laughs> what are you saying to me? They fire him. I'm seeing faith. I'm seeing the hope. That being said, uh, Hell of an experience. Uh, all available via the Footy Misfits Instagram. Check it out. Uh, our on location series, you know, has touched down in Europe, outside of Hungary. Uh, made it to London Town. Made it to the Premier League, and uh, it was yeah my first experience again, and uh, it was memorable. And we got a win. You know, I got lucky that our my first match at the at the Lane was a win, and a big win against a big team. And the fact that we we're even able to get tickets that's a whole other story. UK, y'all, y'all do some shit that's very un-American, but that's a story for another day. But all in all, it was a hell of a time, and I had a wonderful time, and I would, I can't wait until we're able to do it again. Um, on location, baby, more to come. Hey, man, that was the last on location of the year, when you think about it. Woo! And what a way to finish things off. Yeah, man, whether it's us pitch side or us in the stands, on location's a thing, fam. And next year, I already know it's going to be a much bigger year than this one was. That's a fact. Um, but yes, we will cross those bridges when we get to them. 
And uh, speaking of that BSLV, it brings me great pleasure to announce that it is that time. Woo-hoo. Now, before we get into the BS of the week, the year's almost over. I.e., a whole year's worth of BS need to be on, on the spotlight. LV, BS of the year is coming back. BS of the year, we interrupt this BS of the week segment to let you know that BS of the year is back on and popping. We will be sifting through all the BSs of the year to find the stinkiest shit. And trust me, we will find it. Some shit that we've said. Some shit that has been done. Some shit that y'all might have said. But shit nonetheless. It's gonna stink. It's our fourth annual. And just like every year, it's stinkier than the last. And I can't wait. BS of the year. That comes out right about towards the end of the year. Might come out on a Sunday, maybe. We will see when we get to that. Um, H-Man will definitely have some BS of the year takes. We'll hear that from him. We get there. I have a laundry list to go back to BS of the week. I have a little bit of a laundry list. How many BS of the week can you think of the top of your head? There's the one that you mentioned. Do you have any others? Yeah, I got two quick ones. One of them I kind of briefly mentioned on, on location. The British ticketing system, bro. What are y'all doing? Get the game time app, please. It's so much easier. Why do I got to become a member just to be only, just to be only able to get one ticket? You yeah, know, I mean, think it's like um those things like they make it so exclusive, and it's like just going to that West Ham game. Um, it was so many things people had to go through. You know what I mean? Just uh, um, just make it so exclusive for like little games. You can just. I think you can sell more tickets if you have a game time app. That's that's real. Big facts. I I feel like I feel like they're trying to do it so they don't see like price gouging on like tickets, but it just. But there's other ways to police that. I agree, bro. It feels like I'm in an airport and I lost my charger, and I go to these the Hudson newsstand in there, and they look at me and say, "You want a charger?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "This will be seventy dollars." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you kind of have no choice. You just. It's like some mob type business. It's like guerrilla war. <laughs> guerrilla warfare. You can only pay to one person. <laughs> and one person only. <laughs> it's evil, man. And so that's a beast of the week of mine. What are y'all doing? That's what I found myself saying. And we ended up getting tickets. Shout out to family out there. Shout out to Randy Johnson and his younger sister, who I love very dearly. But hey, outside of that. My bloke. Facts, facts. I'll get uh, my BS of the weeks off because I feel like yours might have a little bit of humor in it. Yes. Okay. Um, one, the disinformation that gets spread is crazy. So I'm scrolling on Instagram. There is this uh, women's football account uh, called Football Her. They missed the second L in the word football, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. The headline, Man United legend Sir Alex Ferguson quote, told off Lioness star Alatoon during Chelsea victory. So by the uh, post, it, it implies that Alatoon, she did something when Man U played Chelsea and Sir Alex told her, yo, the fuck are you doing? Uh, the source is the Daily Mail. Uh-oh. You could say what you will about the Daily Mail, but there's a specific line in this article by the Daily Mail. And I quote, when Toon returned to her seat late for the second half, she received a playful telling off from the Scot. That would imply that it was it was friendly band. They framed it as if Sir Alex Ferguson is a woman hater talking about why the fuck are you getting back late. Women's football, women's sport period 
has a hard time. Well, I don't want to say a hard time, but they sometimes still have to struggle to get the intention and to get the eyeballs that they rightfully deserve. And you sensationalizing a headline just to get clicks. Like, this was clickbait as fuck. And that, that is not what happened. There were people in underneath those comments are like, well, why would Sir Alex Ferguson do that? Like, what the actual fuck? It, it, I, I hate that. Like, wh why you gotta lie about that? Why, why are you making a big fuss about it? That clearly wasn't a big fuss. And yet, here you are. So that's one of my BSs of the week. I also want to give BSs of the week to Neymar for telling Santos president to be like, oh, hold on my number 11 shirt till Santos gets back up. That's bullshit. <laughs> You're nowhere near Pele. Go sit on your millions in Saudi. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bring it stateside. Wait, how, how do we feel about Neymar like now? Because I feel like... Pointless. Jesus. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Neymar on that one. I ain't going to lie. Do you? I do. Explain. It, it's two goats in that team. It's Pele and it's Neymar. And nah, but one goat's above the other. Yo, LV, I yeah. gotta say, LV has always been a standard. I feel like you're a Neymar fan. Many I times I feel like we'll come against Neymar. You're always the person that's like, nah, <laughs> Neymar. <laughs> you're always that person. He's that guy. I, respect, I mean, I respect it. He's that guy. There's a that, that's no, there's no question about that. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a prick. <laughs> he definitely is, but he's that guy, man. He put in that work at Santos. Yeah, but no. Yeah, fair. Get your defending of Draymond Green off while you're at it. I said no, no. I'm not doing that now. <laughs> Don't put me in that book. <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, Nurkin say? That brother needs help. <laughs> right, right, right. Whoa, that was different. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, to bring it back stateside, I know H-Man doesn't like anything to do with MLS. Here might be another nugget to, you know, help feed into that. On Friday, in a run-of-the-mill skeleton crew time of the day, they drop a press release saying that their first teams would no longer compete in the U.S. Open Cup. Instead, they're going to send the youth teams that compete in, quote, MLS Next Pro to fill the MLS void in the U.S. Open Cup. The comparison is obvious. What if the Premier League said, yeah, let's just remove all of our Premier League teams from the FA Cup, the longest tournament in the country, and replace them with youth squad? Yeah. I don't think that would go over well. That's not cool. And say what you will about American soccer. H-Man has a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I'm sorry. It doesn't suck. <laughs> Anymore. My point at this is the U.S. Open Cup is the one thing that this country can hang their hat on. Like, okay, we have some kind of tradition. This is the oldest soccer competition in the United States. Facts. It has its, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Prestige. And MLS is doing everything they can to minimize that. And they're going to say fixture congestion. If that's really the case, you wouldn't signed on, you wouldn't have signed on to a tournament with the Mexican teams the league's cup you wouldn't have done that i don't like the minimizing of the u.s open cup just think about real madrid be like yeah we're not gonna play copa del rey we never win it it seems but we're not gonna do that yeah fix your conjecture we're not gonna do that you just imagine that inter be like nah fuck copa italia you know why ronnie it, it's the mls bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna, like I I'm said, not this, like I said, <laughs> like I said, this would feed into your, you know, 
your 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 sentiments towards MLS, and honestly, in a case like this, rightfully so. You know, I've been trying to give MLS a chance. I've gave it a lot of chances. I went to a game, and I would have never, ever Did you? in my life. I was, <laughs> I was there <laughs> with you guys. You were there. Don't do this. <laughs> I was all there. Yeah, come on, bro. I'm still giving it a chance, but what you just explained is just doesn't sound competitive. Um, yeah, it's hard to give MLS a chance when they do dumb shit like this. MLS teams have gotten beat by lower division teams in the past. Is that the fear too? Like, no, nah, no. Nah, I feel like that should still happen. You should still see competition. Like, if you look like Europe leagues, uh, just for a team to feel great, just the best team, you gotta compete with like Spanish teams. You gotta compete with every other team every in Europe. You know, you gotta test different teams or. You, you drop from leagues, but what MLS is doing, uh, it might be um, LV. I'm not trying to say segregation through teams, but <laughs> <laughs> it might sound segregated, man. Americans sound segregated again. It's self segregation. But it really again, is. this is the one tournament that you could say, okay, there's some type of tradition, there's some type of culture. And again, MLS, you can't really say that because everything's all manufactured, but this tournament is the one thing that you could be like, okay. We have something here, and you fuck it up. So that's my BS of the week. Uh, it lasted a bit longer than I wanted to, but these conversations had to have been had. Um, Shout out David Beckham. Who are, again, Asia Tour coming up. Um, but yes, LV, bring us home. Boom, pal. All right, so my BS of the week comes from the Premier League this past weekend. We had some classic uh, vintage Premier League footy between Aston Villa, who are high-flying this season, and Brentford, who can knock anybody off their pegs. Now, this basically comes uh, <laughs> from, uh, we know, Aston Villa's goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez for his trickery, his antics, his theatrics, his dra- drama, and, and the like, if you will. Some love him, some hate him, but one thing's for certain is that he's going to entertain, and entertain he did in an interesting situation uh, where Brentford forward Neil Mopai, who also is one for the theatrics as well, sort of clashed into him uh, after, I believe it was like a goal kick or a ball heading out for play. Our man Emiliano Martinez uh, gets t- gets a little love tap and then acts like he got shot by a sniper and did a quadruple uh, sow cow backflip Olympic number 10, 10 out of 10 performance. And um, <laughs> PS of the week to a wonderful looking flop there. Emiliano Martinez Neil Mopay's got to be at least half your size. One, two, brother, you could have watched that in slow motion, fast motion, regular motion, and that is never the outcome that is supposed to happen. You should never, ever look like you got shot by a sniper in that situation. Uh, we, call, <laughs> we call out the flops as we see them, especially when they're that bad. The descent gets UBS of the week. Emmy Martinez, I believe you got a yellow card for descent as well after that. So What happened first, that or... Emmy Martinez trying to like pull Neil Mopai up from his shirt. I think the I think the shirt incident happened first, and next thing you know, you see Emmy Martinez doing. You would have thought he was uh, Tanya Harding, the ice skater. Why? <laughs> so BS the week, Emmy Martinez. You got to do better if you're gonna flop it. Man. How tall is he? He's six foot five. You can't be doing that. <laughs> that looks crazy. You look crazy. So. 
uh, BS of the week is complete. H man, do you have anything? For me, uh, the only game I watched this week was really the Manchester Liverpool game. Sadly, uh, I just felt like Ganacho was mostly I'm not trying to bring his name up, but I feel like Ronnie gonna probably be surprised when he's probably gonna be us of the week. But I just feel like he had many he's many chances that he just really bullshitted, and um, I don't think he was focused as much today as much as um the rest of the team the whole team played the whole that whole game to me i know you guys think it was a good game but it was just it was just terrible for me i didn't think we had any shots on goal if you look at the shots on goal probably it'll probably be like liverpool um probably 17 manchester united too or something like that maybe so maybe i'm probably over exaggerating but I feel like there was probably no shots on the goal for us. Barely. I don't I just think we'll play in a midfield game. Every, every time ball possession. I just think Liverpool had the ball the whole game. And I was very still keep saying this. But the best part of, about that game was the end of it. The, the Liverpool didn't score. It looked like target practice. Um so my best of the week is the whole Manchester United team, including including Gennaro, Um having moments that he could have helped us. A few moments that we had, good look moments was from him, but he, um, fucked us. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just sound like a, a sad fan. I'm sorry. For every Man United fan listed, yeah. You feel me. All right. There goes your BS of the week. Any shout outs? Damn. Shout out to Footy. Shout out to the return of the Misfits. Shout out to BS of the year on the way. Big shout-out to Spurs winning. Shout-out to Richarlison. Three goals in two games. Big shout-out to Spurs women winning in that North London Derby. Arsenal, hold that. Is that their first ever win against uh, Arsenal? It it might be, honestly. Arsenal women are great. They are a different class. But not against Tottenham, they're not. At least this week. Um, My shout-outs obviously go to Luis Palma of Celtic. uh, Scoring... Again, in the Champions League, again, like I mentioned, our second Central American to score multiple goals in the Champions League. Shouts to uh, Stefan Jovetic. Facts, wow. Shouts to Mr. Jovetic. Again, when my guy told me I've been a fan since Jovetic, I'm like, holy shit, you are a fan. Any shout-outs for you? He's the realist for that. Um, uh, Shout-out Jude Bellingham. Uh, it's, it's great teams seeing him. I didn't catch... Like I said earlier, I mainly watched the Man United game this week. But um, catching highlights is always fun watching. You might not be a real Madrid fan. I'm not a Madrid fan, but, like, I respect what he's doing over there. Um, also, still, I'm looking forward for Ganatra to, like, do something as a Man United fan. Shout out to him. And shout out to you guys, man, um, doing this and bringing me on uh, to be part of this today. I know it's been a a lot of Sundays that I've missed. Um, life be life in, so, but still, I'm happy we came together to do this today. Shout out to all y'all. Hey. Hey, man. I'm glad we were back, and I'm glad you were here to join us for the ride today. Big facts. Big shout out to H-Man Coke. And yeah, 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 most definitely dropping more music soon. Be on the lookout, please. Um, you already know now. Sydenham Hill is the shit. Th- thank you, man. I'm dropping two videos for that. 
really trying to catch up to myself right now. Um, I have a lot of music, so I feel like I just have to go in a, go in a mode to just like release too much music, all this music that I've been saving. So uh, more music coming still. Shout out to that. We are excited. We are excited. And with that being said, Roddy, do I go ahead and sign the boys off with special guest H-Man Kobe tonight? Yes, indeed. This has been episode 159 of the Football Misfits podcast. We thank you all for listening and interacting with us on social media, on Instagram. Again, we are trying to get better in terms of putting out podcasts on a more regular basis. We have day jobs, LVs in London, Spencer's funding a billion-dollar industry. H-Man, we can only get him whenever he, we can. We, we we are trying, and we are going to put out a BS of the Year episode, so stay on the lookout for that. Episode 160 is right around the corner. For the good brother LV, for Spencer Tino, and for H-Man Coker, I go by the name of Ronnie. We'll see you then. Stay strong, be brave, and adios. Woo-wee. It's Mr. Rum Coquito. Get it right. <laughs>